This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hey all you heroes and champions, crows, pirates, and inquisitors. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Austin. And we are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From the Maker to Lyrium to Aravels, we will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hello and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we talk about all things Dragon Age and its lore. I am one of your hosts, Austin or Teacup, and I'm here with my other host. Yeah, I'm Shelby or Sheikup. And so we are continuing in our season three with our spirits, demons, and magic. Oh my. So what are we talking about this week? We talked about a lot of demons last week. Well, we're talking about a lot of demons this week, too. Just some different ones from last time. More demons? More demons. There are more. So we're talking about rage, pride, and envy. And we'll talk a little bit about vengeance, too, at the end. And for a very, very fluffy side character. We'll get there. Well, let's get started. We don't have any fun facts because demons are not fun. Well, I mean, it's not that they're not fun. It's just that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Demons are not fun. They get no fun facts. Just Okay, so, so, so rage demons. We'll start there. Rage demons are the most common type of demons that we encounter. They are also the weakest type of demon. And that's because the emotion that drives them, rage or, or anger, is a much more simple emotion. And it's, it's less devious of an emotion which makes them less evil even so like there's no manipulation involved in rage or anger the way there is in the desire demon and so that's kind of why they're at the bottom rung on the totem pole and additionally they also like never resort to deceit or lying or manipulation because they instead want to kind of attack their target with as much force as possible until that target dies. So they are very much an upfront, this is what you get kind of demon. They are not one to hide or use a disguise or anything like that. I have one comment. Mm-hmm. 
I think rage demons would be the weakest until a rage demon manifested from Cassandra Pentagast's rage at everything. That's fair. That's very fair. So I did bring a quote from the Codex, and this is from the Codex titled Rage Demon. Even powerful rage demons are less intelligent than most other varieties. Their tactics are simple. Attack an enemy on sight with as much force as possible until it perishes. Some rage demons carry over their heat-based abilities into possessed hosts. But otherwise, their true form is mostly seen outside of the Fade when it is specifically summoned by a mage to do his bidding. So that's the end of the quote. And what I'm picturing is the lava fire-esque creature coming up from the ground. That's what I'm picturing when it talks about its true nature. Right. It's so interesting that they're the most common types of demon But I feel like the most common demon we actually do see in the game is the Shade or the Sloth Demon. Oh, I totally disagree. I think the most common demon we see in the game is the Desire Demon. True. But I was thinking more as like everyday enemies. Mm -hmm. Like we see Shades all the time as enemies. Yeah, I don't know. That's just what the Codex said. (laughs) It's just interesting to me. Well, do you have any other thoughts about Rage Demons? Uh, Other than, like, I think that they might be the most common because they're the easiest to manifest. Yeah, like, who hasn't felt rage at some point in their life? Right, I mean, we, you know, we're gamers. We literally have rage quit. Rage quit! As a part of our vocabulary. So, like, yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, agreed. Well, let's move on to pride, which is a very fearsome variety of demon. So pride demons are incredibly powerful and they're corrupted forms of wisdom and faith spirits. And they are among the most powerful demons encountered in Thetis as far as we know so far. And they also tend to be some of the more insidious types of demons. So they um, are so powerful that when they possess a corpse, Like, it doesn't produce, like, a shambling warrior the way that it normally would. Instead, when a pride demon possesses a corpse, it produces a revenant or an arcane horror, depending on whether or not it's a mage, who's, like, super extra powerful. So I have pride demons to thank for all the revenants I have to fight in Origins? Yep. Well, anyway, I have another Codex Coke codex quote let's do it so this comes from the beyond the veil spirits and demons codex and this one's a little bit long so just bear with me and then you can give me your thoughts quote the most powerful demons yet encountered are the pride demons perhaps because they among all their kind most resemble men as clever and manipulative as the desire demon with a penchant for cruel irony that is almost human. While the demons of desire largely engage in the bribery of mortals, pride will use mortals' own best nature against them. Clever men outwit themselves. Strong men crush themselves. 
Humble men forget themselves. Jealous men fear themselves. They turn corruption and ruin into an art, end quote. That's really interesting, especially kind of like what we were talking about either last episode or two episodes ago with like each of the forbidden ones, like personifying a type of demon, like in shale is obviously desire. There's a lot of things we're talking about the formless one and his connections to soulless and that soulless means pride. Mm-hmm. And the, I believe when we were talking either when one of those episodes, there was the codec entry that said, like, if a very powerful pride demon entered the world, it would wreak havoc on the world. Yes. Yeah. That was last episode. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that I thought of that while I was reading it, but I also, you know, there's four forbidden ones, right? So at the end of this codex, it says clever men, strong men, humble men and jealous men. That's four different kinds of men. Do you think that's a coincidence? Like how far are we taking it? Right, exactly. And we can talk about all of those. Like, so clever men, pride demons, strong men, rage demons, humble men, sloth demons, jealous men, envy demons. Or desire demons. Or desire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and what if each of those corresponds to one of the forbidden ones you know right it's inter- it's very very interesting and especially since gax king will take the form of an arcane horror and a revenant which sim- links him to pride demons a little bit mm-hmm. um, he also takes the form of a man correct and i know all demons have the power to shape shift into whatever they want but in shell i believe he becomes a Depending on where you are in the story, when you encounter him, he can become a fear demon. He can become a rage demon. I think he becomes a pride demon. Are you talking about in the fight? Yeah. He does all. He does a lot. Right. And it also depends on how long your fight lasts for how many you see. Right? I think so. Yeah. So, again, a lot of interesting things that may just be game mechanics of making a difficult fight, but might have lore implications as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. Another thing that I thought that was really interesting about this codex entry is in the first sentence, it says the most powerful demons yet encountered, which implies that there could be a type of demon that we haven't yet encountered that's more powerful than even a pride demon. In this codex entry, do we get a date? of when this comes from interestingly we don't have a date for it we know that it comes from it's the codex is titled beyond the veil spirits and demons but in the codex text it's uh like that is an excerpt from the book titled beyond the veil spirits and demons by enchanter midromal um but the interesting thing about it is that we We don't have a date, but the same codex appears in both Origins and 2. Interesting. And like, from what we know, at least, like, the Forbidden Ones are theorized to have taught blood magic to man, whether it's the Deventer Magisters or someone else. And then they're not really seen again until the Dragon Age. That we know of. I mean, they could be that we just don't know. Right. Yeah, well, let's get back to Pride Demons. So... 
that's that codex entry. So I told you about how a pride demon, when it possesses a person or a corpse, can turn into an arcane horror or a revenant, right? Well, also, if you have a revenant or an arcane horror, that can also be possessed by a pride demon. Like possessed again? Yep, they're that powerful. So, like, a revenant could turn into, like, the physical form of a pride demon. Yeah. I'm computing what, like, have we seen that? No, we haven't seen it. Oh, so He told me this is possible. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, we know that wisdom is at least one spirit that can be twisted into a pride demon. We actually see this exact thing happening in Solus's side quest titled All New Faded for Her. And in the quest, we see a spirit of wisdom who is Solus's friend being summoned by a group of frankly immature uh, mages. And they attempt to, to bind the spirit and it turns into a pride demon. In addition to that, David Gator has also said that faith is another spirit that can become a pride demon when that spirit of faith is corrupted. And, you know, like, I would say that almost any emotion can be manipulated into becoming pride. Because, like, for example, like, yeah, we know justice switches to vengeance, and I know we're going to talk about that later. But like, so you could be so caught up in your concept of justice that you're almost prideful about it and that you know best. That's a good point. Or even love, like a spirit of love. You could be so engrossed in how loving you are that it turns to pride and arrogance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, and I think that's kind of what the codex entry is kind of getting at in that like pride is so complex because so many things can feed into it and create it. Absolutely. Yeah. So my last little point about pride demons are just that we've met a lot of them and a lot of them have names. So we've met worm, hybris, audacity, and many other unnamed ones. But I lift those three up because I think that they have really interesting names. Yeah. Hybris to me sounds like hubris. Yeah. And audacity, like we all know what audacity means. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, uh, you want to take our break? Um, yes, I almost forgot about the break. So thank you. All right, let's go to the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enchantment? Enchantment! You need me. Ugh. I am yours as always. So welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things Dragon Age that don't have to do with the lore but have to do with this podcast and so i wanted to start a little differently this time before we get into like our patrons because for the first time in a long time we have a player character to share we have a hawk to share are you excited i am i'm so excited yeah so this comes from courier 07 they shared their hawk in the discord there is a female rogue Elizabeth Hawk, uh, and they are having so much fun making the purple choice options in Dragon Age 2, meeting some of the characters from Dragon Age Origins and new characters I've heard so much about. And this is their canon Hawk, who is romancing, planning on romancing Isabella on this playthrough, and they do plan on eventually romancing all possible partners on later playthroughs, and then sadly after after Act 2, Bethany got sent to the Circle, And they had to swap her for Anders, but they are really enjoying swapping between all the companions. Thank you for sharing your hawk. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, and you too can share your hero hawks or heralds with us in the Discord or Twitter or wherever, and we will share them on a future episode of the show. And so now I'll get in. This is a time where I want to thank all of our patrons and remind you that we do have a patreon that you can find in the episode description you can go there and subscribe to various tiers from our lowest one which will get you ad-free episodes all the way up to coming on to the show with us once a month and hanging out with us and talking about dragon age things which is awesome and so i want to say a special thank you to all our patrons who have subscribed and who support us. We greatly appreciate it. And now I'm going to say, read the names of our first patrons who get their name read out on every episode of the show. And so that is Lisa M, Genesis, Derek B, and Zuba. And so thank you so much for your support. Uh, Another way to support us is by leaving a review or rating on Spotify and Apple. If you leave us a review on Apple, that's five star and with some words, we will read that out on a future episode of the show. I do not believe we have any reviews to read today. And so with no reviews, I think that's all I have. No, that is not all I have because I also want to remind you to come and join our Discord server, The Cups Podcasting and more. You can come and hang out with us there and join there, talk about Dragon Age, talk about our other podcast, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, or talk to Star Wars with us with the Holocron Histories podcast. It is the place to learn about those podcasts and hang out. You can find that in the episode 
description. If you love gaming podcasts, I would also encourage you to join the Robots Radio Discord, which you can find in the episode description. We're on there as well, and you can find some amazing podcasts to listen to and hang out with there on that server. If there's a video game you love, odds are there is a podcast about it on that server. And if not, I bet you could make one yourself or convince someone to make one. So yeah, I think that's all I got. You got anything, Shelby? Um, let's get back to it. All right, let's get back to the demons. Well, that was uh, Orlesian. Dareth Shiran. You fear barbarians will swoop down upon you. Yes, swooping is bad. Okay, so the next type is an interesting type and one that we haven't seen much of. So this is the Envy Demon. And the Envy Demon is a very rare occurrence. And I believe the first time we ever see one is in Inquisition. And... You meet the Envy Demon if you complete the quest, Champions of the Just, which requires you to side with the Templars. So I know, I feel like most people side with the mages. So maybe this is a little bit unfamiliar to you. But at the end of the day, an Envy Demon's basic want is to become immortal. This is a little bit different from desire demons like desire demons typically want to become or attain what we desire whereas envy demons want to become us yeah that's a a really good point and like i really like the champion of the just quest line i think even though i think siding with the mages is maybe a better choice in dragon age inquisition i enjoy playing the champions of the just quest a lot more than the um in hushed whispers me too i agree i think i think that champions of the just is a stronger quest but to me like lore wise i don't know why you would ever side with the templars especially after everything that happened in valrio when you have templars come up there and insult you and punch a revered mother and all this when like there are mages potentially being enslaved like i just i don't know why you would ever side with the templar you know what i mean yeah and i totally do um but my point with like this is that a way like you can make the envy demon so angry if when in the vision and it's showing you all the things it's gonna do at posing as you and you're basically like oh i would never say that i would never do any of that no one would believe you were me like and the envy demon gets so angry yeah it's hilarious but i do agree with you i think i do think that champions of the just is like the stronger quest line but anyways so again, I brought a quote from the Codex because there are codexes on most of the demon types. So this is from the Envy Demon Codex. Quote, Envy Demons are equal parts arrogance and cowardice. They isolate their victims to study them at length, seeking to become them. Once the demon is satisfied, it knows its chosen subject. It takes on their form leaving the poor soul to rot. Envy is never satisfied, however. The demon's bottomless cravings to be more, more powerful, more skilled, more inspired, cause it to seek fresh prey, leaving a trail of stolen identities behind. 
And this codex, um, the quote of the codex comes from a scroll found on the body of scholar Esmar Treviento by the Templars who hunted him down. End quote. I think a good way to like illustrate like the biggest difference between envy demons and desire demons in the game is to compare champions of the just to Sebastian's quest in act two of the A2, which is where you go to the noble uh, house, the Harriman estate. estate. And like, because of like the jealousy and envy that lady Harriman felt towards Sebastian's family, a desire demon comes and takes hold of her. But like when you look at the difference, that desire demon is never trying to pose as the Harrimans. It's only trying to create this chaos and take hold of what this person desires. Whereas the champions of the just, that envy demon is trying to become the inquisitor. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Definitely. So another thing that I find really interesting about envy demons are their connection to Chantry history. And at first it might seem like, what are you talking about? But the Chantry insists and believes that it was envy that first drew and continues to draw spirits into the mortal world and outside of the fade. Envy is what these spirits and then demons felt when the maker created mortals and when the maker cast the first children, the spirits aside. Envy then is the first new thing that the spirits ever created. What do you think about that? That's really interesting because like the whole Chantry's point is that the reason that the maker turns from the spirits is because they can't create. And so in response to that, they create an extremely powerful demon. Well, not just an extremely powerful demon, but a a totally new emotion at that point. Um, I think I agree. It is very interesting. And I think that it definitely makes sense in that kind of way of like, okay, well, you didn't do what I wanted you to. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop this relationship that I have with you and move on to somebody else. And it's at that point entirely that that person always does what you want them to do. Right. Like that's the Mm -hmm. situation that, that they're in. Yeah. It's interesting because like, according to Chantry lore, you could argue that envy draws spirits out of the fade and into the world. Whereas you could argue that it's pride that draws man or humans into the fade, both creating terrible things in the world. It's a very fascinating dichotomy for sure. But to continue talking about envy demons. So another really interesting thing about envy demons for me is that thus far, as far as we know, envy demons are the only demons who really study their prey. And that's because they will then eventually take on their form, right? And they want to be as indistinguishable from that person as as possible. And so they study them to make sure that they can copy them in every single way. And a lot of demons, while you can't physically tell a difference between the person when they're being possessed, 
when they speak or in their mannerisms, it's often pretty easy to tell, okay, you're being possessed. Like there's not, there's something that's not right here. Well, with an envy demon, that would not be the case because they study their prey so much and for so long. Yeah. It's a really good point. And then the last thing that I have to say about envy demons is that in Dragon Age Inquisition, in Champions of the Just Quest, we see an envy demon possesses Lord Seeker Lucius Corin, and later attempts to possess the Inquisitor. Is possess the right word? Why would it not be the right word? Well, it shouldn't Lord Seeker Luth- or Lord Seeker uh, Lucius be immune to possession? I don't know. I guess this is a uh, plot hole in the lore. Well, because it's interesting to me, like, if this is truly how an envy demon possesses, that's different because they possess differently than the other demons, too. Because the real Lord Seeker Lucius is walking around at the same time that the envy demon is impersonating him. No, isn't he dead? No, because you encounter him at Kerr Oswin. Yeah, he's possessed. No, you because you because you still have that encounter if you do Champions of the Just. You can't go to Care Oswin with Cassandra's quest before Champions of the Just. Exactly, but you kill the Envy Demon there in Champions of the Just. That's the real Lord Seeker Lucius in Care Oswin. I don't know. I don't know how this all works out. Because I think Daniel, I believe that's his name, the mm-hmm. seeker that you talked to on the stairwell. Yes. He says that the Lord Seeker allowed himself to be impersonated. Okay, well then maybe he just like let the envy demon use his form. Right. So maybe that would have been different than what the envy demon was trying to do to the Inquisitor. Right. So maybe it's not a true possession then. Right. I just, it, it, if it is a possession, then that I have questions for Bioware and their lore. That's that's fair. Yeah. Um, well, uh, any other thoughts about the Envy Demon? Um, no, just other than I like that Bioware is kind of expanding demons a lot in that <laughs> them getting like envy is so related to pride but it's a different demon and i would argue that like envy and pride while connected are different emotions and like envy and desire i agree i agree very much um okay so the last demon i want to touch on is vengeance and i don't want to spend too much time on this because we will talk about anders and justice in another episode dedicated to anders But I did want to mention Vengeance and bring it up. There's not a codex entry for Vengeance. There's not a DA wiki page for a Vengeance demon. But we know Justice, who's possessing Anders, turns into Vengeance throughout Dragon Age 2. That's kind of the arc of the game. So I wanted to see, I didn't take any notes on this either, but I just wanted us to talk about vengeance, what we thought about vengeance, what we think would make a vengeance demon unique, Mm. where you think vengeance demons rank in 
that listing. I think that a vengeance demon, I think it would rank somewhere like between hunger and desire. Uh, just because vengeance can be very complicated. Um, and like, I know you can feel vengeful, but like, is vengeance a true emotion? Oh, I think so. And I disagree with you. I don't think vengeance and revenge and vengefulness are very complicated at all. I guess that's true. I think they're pretty simple emotions. I think that, I think that the want for justice in the world is a complicated emotion or concept, but I think the opposite of that. So revenge or vengeance is very simple. And so for me, I, I would I would suggest that a vengeance demon could rank just above just above rage. Right. Cause I guess that would make sense because like vengeance is a much more specific type of rage. Um and like you can have rage, but to have rage enough that you want to punish a group of people or another person is an entirely different emotion. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, I also think it's, it's interesting. Vengeance is interesting as a demon because for most of the other demons, they are wanting something. They are seeking more of something. Whereas vengeance comes about as a denial of something. It's a denial of justice. Right. Um, which, like, I think of when you do Anders' recruitment quest and it turns out that his mage friend has been made tranquil and vengeance takes over. And what vengeance says is, you will never harm another mage again. And it's like putting an end to something as, like, creating more of something, as you said. So I guess my question to you about vengeance is when do you think the spirit of justice changes into a demon of vengeance? Like what's the moment? What's the last straw as our resident DA2 expert? I think the last straw is probably in act two, I believe with Cullen's quest in act two. I think is what happens where you run into the mages that Colin basically wants to execute. And Anders basically caught, takes over and can cause a fight. I think that's Colin's quest. I can't remember the name. It's been a hot minute since I've actually played through DA2. Um, so I think that would be the final straw. But I would, I think the process starts the moment that Justice and Anders are bonded. Um, mainly because I really think that Anders uh, underestimated the trauma that he has experienced and how much that would affect the bonding between them. Yes, I think that's true. I also think I also think the spirit of justice underestimated what it would be like to possess a living being because before he possesses a corpse of Kristoff. So I think the spirit underestimates what Anders is feeling in those moments. But I agree with you that it starts the moment they join together. But I think the final straw 
is that moment in act one that you mentioned with with Anders friend that's made tranquil for for no reason really I think that is I think that is the last straw and the reason why is because of the quote you just said like you'll never harm another mage like that is that is a breaking point yeah I think that's true and like all throughout the entirety of that like the only time we ever see like anyone in control of justice or Anders is if you happen to take Anders into the fade and Fainriel's quest. Mm-hmm. And justice basically takes over and is in full control. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts about vengeance? Uh, no, not that I don't want to save for the Anders episode. Okay. Well, stay tuned. So let's move into the side character. Okay. So today's side character is a silly one. Um, And the reason why I picked this one is because the last two were like super serious conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat, tinfoil rustling in the background, as somebody said in our server the other day. So I kind of chose a silly one um, to follow up the serious ones. And today's character is Lord Woolsey. And do you remember who Lord Woolsey is? How could I forget? (laughs) the orange ram right um i just have to say that i made a certain choice in that quest solely because i did where the druffalo roam before i did that quest like right before and so i made certain choices because i said i am not hauling this thing all the way across the hinterlands to red cliff so you attacked it i did and I was shocked. <laughs> I always kill it. Yeah, this little farmer doesn't. Well, let's get into it before we start talking okay. about Lord Woolsey. <laughs> so Lord Woolsey is a unique ram that you can encounter in the hinterlands in Inquisition. There's a man in Redcliffe, one-eyed Jimmy, who is like a farmer village guy who basically will stop you as the herald of Andraste and is very concerned about his family's special ram that they have kept as a pet all these years. He, he claims that Lord Woolsey has brought great luck to the family as the, the animals quote unquote advice helped them win a bunch of money. One-eyed Jimmy then tells you that the ram was spooked, quote-unquote spooked, by the breach and ran out of the village into the hinterlands, most likely to their family's summer cabin. Though one-eyed Jimmy is unable to go after the ram at the time. He then asks, demands, the Herald of Andraste help with finding his family's ram. And the ram is orange. That's what sets it apart from the others. So then you can go to the area around the lake near where you find Blackwall. And you'll find this little orange ram wandering around. You can do one of two things. You can tell the ram to go back to One-Eyed Jimmy. And it will. It will find its way back to Redcliffe on its own, and Jimmy will give you some kind of reward when you meet again. Jimmy will also say, when you meet with him after returning the ram, uh, 
that the ram said the herald convinced him to return. Which tells you that One-Eyed Jimmy can communicate with Lord Woolsey even when Lord Woolsey is in his animal form. So there's no way that One-Eyed Jimmy doesn't know this thing is a demon. I mean, if he's just believing that it brought, I mean, let's be real. People will believe all kinds of superstitious crap as long as it's being good to them. That's fair, but it's still stupid. Well, his name is One-Eyed Jimmy, so. Um, yeah, that's fair. So then the second way that you can deal with Lord Woolsey is you can be like Austin and you could just kill him. Um, or if you attempt to capture Lord Woolsey, he uh, just turns into a rage demon that you have to kill no matter what. What a weird quest. It is. It really is such a silly little quest, but I think I think it does highlight the desire of demons, right? To become something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And even in this stupid little silly side quest that is funny and ridiculous, like a demon is becoming something that it's not. It's becoming an animal. It's becoming a pet of a family. And this rage demon was content enough to just become a ram for who knows how long just to experience part of Thetis. To me, this very much illustrates the base desire of demons is to be something that they're not, to live a different life and to go where the grass is always greener. Yeah, I. that's totally interesting, which is like, it's such a subtle way of like explaining like an evil force of like oh they just they want to be us so much that they'll do anything to make it happen yeah which is interesting also i just want to talk about like the utter like audacity and like whatever to ask someone as like high profile as the herald of andraste to go find your ram I know, right? It's crazy. I'm trying to think of a real world equivalent. All I can think of is like asking the president to go find your dog. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is. Though I'll tell you, if a politician came with me and helped me find my dog, I'd probably vote for them forever. (gasps) No, that's fair. Yeah, but it's just... What a subtle way. Like, it's so Bioware, too. Like, oh, here's this fun little, like, fetch and retrieve quest. Oh, it's actually a demon. hmm You said you always attack it? Yeah. You don't want to let this farmer have a demon? No, absolutely not. What potential evil am I releasing into the world by letting a demon go back to this family? Right, but this demon, how... I mean, by One-Eyed Jimmy's account, like, this demon has probably been in its family for generations. So? How many demons do you know who have not caused any problems? How do you know he hasn't caused problems? I guess that's true. But, like, odds are, if it's been in for generations, it means that this ram was probably in Redcliffe when the hero of Ferelden was there. Why that demon didn't, like... I feel like if the demon saw a bunch of corpses... At least the demon would become territorial and be like, yo, what are you doing in my territory? Right. 
but didn't like so I'm just very confused at its motivations other than like yeah I'm content to be a ram I'm a right, rage ram right right it, yeah it doesn't make much sense to me either right I think that's all I got yeah same here all right well thank you for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast and we will see you next week Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, email them to us at dalorecast at gmail.com. The Dragon Age Lorecast is a part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. You can join the Robots Radio Network Discord by clicking the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and give us a review. See you next time. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.